Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earle. This is episode 76, Power. Who's got it? Who wants it? Who has it? How do they get it? How do we get it back from them? What is it? How does it impact us? What does it mean? Power. Well, I've long believed that real power resides in the individual. And to a degree, a guy I read every day, John Rappaport, in his Friday the 14th uh, column on the, uh, on the Matrix, says that power's in the individual, so he and I agree on that. He said it's dangerous to try to join together as groups and recapture power. Because what happens is your intensity, your passion, your commitment gets diluted, distorted over time as various members of the group have their own agendas and their own free-willing exercises that they want to engage in to capture power. I guess if I could give you a vivid example of that, you might look at the uh, the Capitol protests on January 6th as an example. It was an attempt by people with a speech from the president to put a limit on, to identify, to recreate, reinstitute, or whatever, a level of power within the government structure. And then a few people, some of them with nefarious means in mind, and maybe trying to undermine the whole narrative, um, did some things that went above and beyond. Now, up until just this past week, nobody had been charged with treason or sedition, despite... Uh, all the rhetoric floating around and how the media blew it up and certainly how this special commission or committee the House has right now. They did take some of the Oath Keeper people and have charged them now with sedition. Although it's hard to imagine calling something an insurrection or an attempted overthrow when basically the people are unarmed and... Uh, one of the protesters who was shot and killed, Ashley Babbitt, was unarmed, shot by a Capitol Police officer who was decided not to be guilty of anything despite not having a review or a look at it. But I guess what I'm saying is that the whole group effort, and I guess if I recall correctly, there were several thousand there, turned out badly. Just because there were members of the group who had different perspectives, who had different goals in mind, and the entire group got painted with the same brush uh, because of the efforts of those few. So I would, I would argue and agree that working individually is much more pure and pristine than working in groups. But I would also say that when you can join with like-minded people to achieve a goal of recapturing the power of the individual within this increasingly tyrannical government structure we have right now. But I would, I would argue that, that do it more in a sense of recruitment rather than a sense of action. Uh, one person obviously can't fight the government 
except for with your feet. And I see this across all generations where people are now trying to acquire an acre or so and have a garden and raise chickens and things of that nature to try to get under the thumb of government. They may not be politically active or vocal. They may not be marching on state capitals or courthouses or in Washington, D.C., but they are voting with their feet. They are stepping out uh, of the mainstream way of dealing with things, looking to government for all the answers. We also see it, too, in what they call the great quit, where people are leaving their jobs. We're wondering what's happening to them. There's a shortage of workers. There are a number of things, uh, I guess, sociologists and and economists have been looking at that, trying to determine what it means. I think a lot of the people are going to the black market economy, are doing their own thing. They're maybe woodworking or, or doing odd jobs or whatever, just to get out from under the thumb of government overreach and government over-supervision. I know I've remarked to you in the past that our family is involved in the food business, the restaurant business. We're closed right now because of COVID. We have it in the family. Um, but our problem in keeping employees is the government has made an effort to basically assess our servers, our people who come to the table for minimal wage and basically live on tips. And in our restaurant, they do very well because we're not a, a cheap restaurant and uh, people are pretty generous to come and eat there. But yet the government assumes a certain amount of tipping and basically automatically puts it on their on their payroll account. And uh, and I'm sure some of our servers, at least the ones who have thought about it, find that really uh, bad. Now, granted, uh, if they exceed that number, you're sure you're certain or it's going into their pockets and not being reported or has been historically in the past with that. But so what? Uh, they're working for a basic minimal wage, and they're hustling their butts off, keeping their customers happy. If the customers are smiling, they make more money. If they have a bad day and growl at their customers or treat them poorly, they have a terrible day. Why should the government determine ahead of time what that is worth when the government doesn't even come there to eat? And I'm talking, of course, in the broader sense of government. So... So power is the issue. Um, when you have a fiat banking system, it just prints money willy-nilly. They're going to cut back now, raise interest rates. I've seen predictions of where they may raise it as much as six or seven times this year, which uh, they're going to find out they have no control over inflation. I've also seen where a friend of mine, Doc Treese, uh, posted on Facebook a story where the acknowledged inflation rate is about 7%. But since they changed the market back basket, the things they measure to indicate real inflation, it's more likely closer to 14%. Figure, figure that 14%, that's one out of every $7 uh, is gone. The operating you know, you're operating on an 86% factor with your dollar right now. And uh, I don't expect it to get much better in the near future, at least. So anyway, okay, I got a bunch of articles I want to share with you today.
And uh, as I typically do, uh, if you want to go read them and learn more about it, fine. Or you can just take my synopsis and go from there. They're in the Inside Wall Street with uh, Nomi Prins, uh, this is from Friday, the 14th. Uh, she had a basically a Q&A section with people who write into her and either propose things or ask questions. And one of them said it's time for a new gold standard. I would agree. You know, things have gone to uh, hell in a handbasket since 1971. Thank you, Richard Nixon. Um, but anyway, the problem with our fiat money today and our central banking, and I would say all the major banks, government, and everybody, is not that we're not on a gold standard. I mean, anything as a standard would function if it was a stable standard that basically reflected reality. Our problem is we have no standards right now. And I would say that is not only in economic and um, fiscal sense, it's also in the moral sense. We have no standards right now. Another article I want to suggest to you, and this is a pretty big one, but it's from the Breitbart Business Digest, that also from Friday the 14th. They talk about their uh, top stories from the news desk. Uh, they say it's been an odd few months of denial and confusion. Um, they start off with October sales figures and other sales figures that they expected them to be flat. Retail sales were down 1.9%. That they can track. Now, think about it. That includes everybody. Uh, the Amazons and the mom and pops, I would argue that if it is down a little for Amazon, it's down a lot for mom and pops and the local stores. This whole pandemic thing and the government's overreaction to it is going to kill a whole lot of small mom and pop businesses. So they're colluding friends, the big corporations, the national retail chains and all that will come out of this benefiting, I guess, in the end, unless those people with chickens in their backyards and calves in the backfield manage to evade a lot of that or avoid a lot of that stuff going on. Um, one of the articles in this factory production unexpectedly plunged in December, which makes supply constraints even worse. So let's say theoretically they get the logistics straightened out. Not going to happen soon, but if they were, then the manufacturing's behind and, and the shortage of goods and services and products will continue. And consumer sentiment is dropping uh, because of the inflation and other things. And I would argue that the whole reaction to this COVID mess uh, is probably the leading indicator of that. Although most people's surveys have shown are more concerned about the economy and inflation than they are COVID, which means that the constant screaming about COVID, wearing your mask, keeping your six foot distance, staying in your homes, not going out, being isolated if you're unvaccinated, uh, if you're treated like a, a non-entity, a non-citizen, maybe a non-human. All that stuff is down the line for people's concerns. They're more concerned about their ability to live and sustain life. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out 
and what impact it has as people gradually begin to go from go with the flow to I'm tired of this crap. I'm really tired of this crap. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. <clears throat> Crypto's taken a hit in the last week or so. But Luke Lango at Hypergrowth Investing from uh, today, Saturday the 15th, I'm sorry, from Saturday the 15th, says, don't worry about it. It's going to come back. And, and even though I'm, I'm learning about the whole crypto field, getting smarter every day, as they say, um, I think he's right. Just because of the failure of the Fed, just because of the weakness of the fiat system, just because continually printing money with no value is eventually going to bite you in the butt. I think he has a point there going forward. And Ned from the Organic Consumers Association on Saturday the 15th, newsletter I get from Colin Todd Hunter. He writes, basically, I'm going to give you a short quote here. Farmerless farms manned by driverless machines, monitored by drones and doused with chemicals, to produce commodity crops from patented genetically engineered seeds for industrial biomatter being processed and constituted into something resembling food, end quote. He goes on, he has a lot more to say about that, but basically the trend in agriculture, bigger, better, automated, more production, less nutritious, and perhaps more dangerous. So we go back to the people with the chickens and the calves. The reason may not be because they fear an economic collapse. It may be because they're worried about the quality of the food that they eat and feed their children. And uh, so there are another, or a, a number, I should say, of driving impulses with this whole move right here. And then from Doug Casey on Saturday the 15th, said the monetary system is self-destructing at an alarming rate and reaching the end of its shelf life. Central bangers, bankers, uh, bangers, probably more, more accurate, and those behind them understand all this. They know it's not sustainable. So they're covering their butts. You might want to do that too. Well, that's power. That's Living Liberty for today. I thank you for joining me. Remember to stay free, be free, and live free. I'm Charlie Earl.